Hi everyone, and welcome to Centennial College's COVID Conversations podcast, where we listen to stories from young people across the GTA about the ways the global pandemic has affected their lives. We will consult with experts for advice on how young people can navigate the most important issues that they're facing today, while still keeping safe during the pandemic and following government guidelines. In this podcast, we will discuss the mental health difficulties many young people are dealing with or have been dealing with throughout the past year of the pandemic and some tips our expert has to help them manage. Featured on today's podcast will be myself, Hallie Gallo, my team member, Nathaniel Glassman, our anonymous guest, and our mental health expert, Dr. Sarah Park. Between February 11th and 16th, my team and I conducted a survey to discover how young people across the GTA were coping with COVID-19 and how they are navigating the global pandemic. On a scale from 1 to 10, nearly 90% of our respondents rated the impact of their mental health being affected by the pandemic at a 5 or above. That means there are many young people suffering with their mental health due to COVID-19. However, less than a quarter of our respondents said that they received professional help or treatment for their mental health during the pandemic. Some common reasons we gathered from young people not seeking help is that it's too expensive, the wait lists are too long, they don't know where to go for help, or they don't think it'll help. Our anonymous guest on the show today is a Gen Z woman you might remember from our Living with Family and Roommates during COVID episode. She's had her fair share of mental health issues due to COVID-19 as well. Welcome back and thank you for being on the COVID Conversations podcast. Hi, thank you for having me again. So let's start off with some questions again, just to kind of get the more complete picture of your mental health story. So what mental health issues do you deal with? When I was in undergrad, I was diagnosed with clinical depression. Um, And then on top of that, I also have um, some issues related to anxiety and um, more so social anxiety. Okay, thank you for sharing. Um, I know it's definitely a difficult thing to talk about, but it's also really important for people to share their stories so that we can, you know, kind of stop the stigma and all help each other. So, um, you know, dealing with mental health issues is already difficult enough, but dealing with them during a pandemic has got to be exceptionally tough. Have your mental health concerns worsened since the start of the pandemic? Um, I would definitely say yes. Um, There are moments um, that are better. Um, I feel like a lot of people found uh, the summer to be kind of relieving in terms of like those who suffer with seasonal affective disorder. It was really nice to um, have COVID uh, numbers be down and then also like all the nice weather um, helped out. Um, But it's especially hard for me in the winter months um, and when uh, COVID has kind of hit an all time high. Uh, It's created a lot of family strain uh, as well as kind of like issues with loneliness um, or codependency for me. Um, because I'm not working at the moment, uh, I feel almost like a hermit uh, in terms of I don't get to go out to socialize. Um, I'm not even going out for um, work. And then I'm doing activities like grocery shopping or um, I guess like shopping for other essentials very sparingly. Um, so it's definitely caused me to develop some other, uh, anxieties. 
you know, it's one thing in the summer to, you know, you're at least able to more um, go outside and be able to like distance from a couple of people outside and still be able to have that um, face-to-face interaction in a safe way and as well just being able to get out on walks more and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, when it's kind of like dark and, and snowy all the time, I don't think a lot of people even kind of like think about how that can affect mental health as well. Like, I mean, I, I know seasonal um, depression and stuff like that has even been an issue um, for some people I know before the pandemic, but just having it um, during the pandemic where you're really restrictive where you could go and then the cases have been so high, that's definitely a lot of like added um, stressors. So do you find it difficult or more difficult, I should say, to follow COVID-19 guidelines when your mental health is at its worst? I would say um, yes and no. Uh, I think it's extremely difficult uh, being this lonely or feeling this um, hopeless. But at the same time, um, I know that even though I would definitely benefit um, from social interaction, um, if the economy was like completely opened up, and I was not at risk uh, at getting sick or getting others sick, I know that my uh, mental health would be in better order. But at the same time, I'm not looking to cave um, necessarily um, to like meet up with a friend or uh, I'm not looking to kind of like throw a party and uh, go all out to kind of like release endorphins or like uh, all my pent up aggression from COVID. So I would say that even though I am struggling, um, I realize how important it is to um, do my part and stay home um, and that it is difficult, but I'm not looking to break the rules, I guess. Um, You know, I know that there has definitely been people who have kind of taken more risks because of how they were feeling. And, you know, I understand it can be difficult, you know, if you need to feel like you really need to talk to somebody but I commend you for still keeping on track and following all the rules and advice that's been given because it is so important um just to keep everyone safe and and healthy and well so that's definitely difficult obviously that you're struggling but it's awesome that you're still um making sure that you're putting health and safety first um Do you think that there's anything that would help improve your mental health issues that you haven't already tried? Obviously, things that are like in a safe manner or maybe in like a virtual kind of setting. Yeah, um, I think that communication with uh, my family and then them also being receptive um, and like wanting to um, improve things would definitely help. And I've I've tried to kind of do that on my own, but I think that um, either like having a mediator or um, even going to counseling on my own would maybe kind of alleviate um, some of the tensions um, or stressors I have. Um, I've tried going to therapy before and I really enjoyed that, Uh, but unfortunately I was working with a master's student at the time. Uh, so once they completed their rotation, that kind of ended our um, really our working relationship. Um, 
and I was at a better state where I had um, chosen to lead the program. Um, so I think that um, if I went back uh, to seeing a professional, that would definitely be helpful. But I think I, like some other people, share concerns about going somewhere in person um, or if I were to do it remotely um, or, I guess, virtual. Um, I kind of worry about having privacy um, and then also, like, how beneficial it would truly be to me, I guess, if um, I'm only making a connection over the phone. Those are all definitely... um like valid concerns. I'm glad that you've gotten um, some help. But are there any other aspects of your story that you'd like to share that you think would either be, you know, beneficial for other people to know or for our expert to know? Yeah, so like I previously stated, um, my mother is actually a registered nurse and my younger sister studies public health at university. Um, We moved home at the beginning of the pandemic but my sister decided to move back to our university town. Um, Most of my parents' kids are adults, actually, uh, except for my younger brother, who's in his last year of high school. Uh, So we, I guess, were in a unique situation because uh, we had all gone to university and lived with roommates and friends and kind of lived on our own. And then uh, because of the pandemic, we were forced to move home and uh, kind of like revert back to um, family life and um, kind of, I guess, like the social norms of like uh, being an adult, but still having like a parent who can enforce rules and stuff. Yeah, I definitely think that's important for people to know um, because everyone's in a different type of um situation um you know like some people live alone some people live with their families but regardless you know people still need um mental health support and like no matter what type of situation that you're in um so now that we've kind of got a good grasp on your mental health story um are there any other questions that you would like to ask for our mental health expert Yes, I was wondering if they have any advice for students who have moved home during the pandemic and are reassimilating to family life, tips about navigating crucial conversation with a parent as an adult child, and then also if they have advice about coping with COVID gaslighting. Yeah, I think those are all really great questions, and I think um, not only would some advice on that help you, but it would help Um, a lot of people who are in a similar situation to you as well. So I'd like to thank you for sharing your story with us. And we hope that our expert is going to be able to help you and the other young people listening who are in a similar type of situation. So now I'm going to hand it over to Nathaniel, who is going to introduce our next expert, who is Dr. Sarah Park. And why don't we start off, Sarah, why don't you just give us a little introduction of who you are and maybe your experiences with, um, kind of the increase in uh, you being a mental health first line responder during COVID. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah Park. I'm a family doctor here in Toronto. Um, so thank you for having me and thank you to your guests for sharing their story. Um, so in terms of starting work during COVID, um, so I recently graduated uh, from family residency. And so I've been starting work 
within the pandemic. Um, it's definitely been an interesting experience in terms of the shift in how work has happened um, with things moving more virtually. Um, and I think that's probably part of what people are experiencing as well um, with that lack of personal communication, everything kind of shifting either virtually, everyone's kind of stuck at home right now. Um, the biggest change that I would say that I've seen in mental health specifically would be not necessarily the people who have had longstanding mental health issues who are already well connected um, with their physician and on a treatment plan. Um, but the biggest increase has been in people who have not necessarily presented to a health professional before, um, but now we're experiencing an increase in things like anxiety and depression um, and wanting to talk about it for the first time. So a lot of people have been saying, particularly people in their young 20s, uh, early 30s, saying that, you know, these are things that I've experienced in the past, but I've had all of my protective mechanisms in place and I've been able to cope with it. Um, but with all those things stripped away now, it's something that I need to seek help for. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know, for example, um, in our, our guest case, she was talking about how, you know, she had sought out some um, professional medical help before, but then, um, you know, after a while, she said she was good. She didn't really need it anymore. And then I guess now that would make sense with what you're saying. Now it's kind of um, almost like creeping back in because of um, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's the stress of COVID itself in terms of worrying about the virus and contracting this and what the symptoms and complications could be. Um, but then there's also just the way it's changed the world um, and how we function in our day-to-day -day lives. So all the things that would normally make us function well, like connecting with family and friends, um, having a set routine, getting out and exercising, eating well, leading that healthy, active lifestyle is suddenly gone. Um, with no real end in sight, which I think is the part that people have been struggling with as well. Um, it's a little bit easier to cope if you say, you know, it's a two week lockdown and then we can go back to normal. Um, but the duration is also starting to wear on people, I believe. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely don't think we, we thought at the beginning that we would still be here almost a year later now, just kind of crazy. Um, we were wondering if you had um, any um, advice based on our guest story, um, just to kind of maybe jog your memory a little bit. She, um, she asked if, um, you could have any advice about, uh, specifically for, you know, students or young people that have kind of moved back home with their parents during the pandemic and they're kind of trying to adjust to family life and kind of having important conversations with their parents about their mental health as someone who's technically an adult, but also still like a child living under their parents' roof um, and just kind of trying to like cope with that and maybe some of like the COVID gaslighting that they may receive um, in the home as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think your guests um, used the words Crucial Conversations specifically, which is a fantastic book about having these kind of really tough conversations with anyone in your life, whether it's a coworker or a family member. Um, and some of the takeaways from that were um, a couple of different options. So if it's something like trying to create boundaries within the home, um, assert your independence, that sort of thing, um, one of the techniques that seems to be helpful for a lot of people is framing things in I terms. Um, so not blowing up, getting frustrated, but kind of creating this common ground. Um, so for example, it might be saying that um, we're all living in this space and we want to do so cohesively and we want it to be a great experience for everyone here. Um, we're in tighter quarters than we expect it to be, um, but then go into those I statements. Um, 
So I feel this way in this circumstance. Um, for example, I was used to having full independence and I'm having a little bit of trouble adjusting to family life again. Um, and how can we kind of come to a common ground to figure out how this is going to work for everyone in the situation? Um, and perhaps thinking ahead of time as to what those specific things you might need to feel more comfortable in that space. Um, whether that's having specific times of the day where you don't necessarily have to interact with everyone and aren't expected to. Um, so at the end of your work day or school day, you can take an hour or two to yourself in your room um, to do whatever it is that makes you happy um, and not feel that you need to be interacting with everyone at all times. Um, or if it's getting out for a walk every day and just not really being asked where you're going or having to have a phone on you, um, whatever you specifically need um, to feel that you can get along well with everyone in that space. Um, in terms of the COVID gaslighting, um, my understanding of that would be that it sounded like the guest speaker was potentially more concerned than other people in their home, maybe. Um, yeah. So for that, almost doing the opposite is really good. So still coming back to the common ground and saying, we really want to have some sense of normalcy again. We're both on the same page there. We're both frustrated with certain circumstances. We don't want to wear a mask forever. Um, but then instead of using the I terms, going really objective and saying, you know, this is just what the evidence is showing right now. And you can almost act frustrated or surprised by it as well and say, you know, I would love for it not to be this way, but this is what public health is saying is the only way that's going to get us to this common goal that we both want in this circumstance. Right. So kind of almost putting yourself on their level so they don't mm -hmm. think you're almost kind of talking to them like, you know, either you're their parent or like you're trying to tell them um, almost like in a nagging tone. You're almost being like, oh, I hate this too, but we have to do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those power dynamic shifts can be really tough to tackle. Um, so I think, yeah, placing it as if you're on their side is usually pretty helpful. Yeah, I think I think that's excellent advice. Um, I'm not sure if there was any uh, other types of mental health advice just in general that you would like to share for our demographic, any helpful tips and tricks that you may have? Sure, yeah, I think for anyone struggling with this, um, a great first point of contact is always your family doctor um, and then they can kind of help guide you from there whatever sort of treatment pathway you might be considering whether that's you know just getting resources for mindfulness meditation wanting to check in with your doctor once a month and just chat through how things are going um, or if you wanted a more structured pathway so there are a lot of different tools out there um, together all as the website um, created by mental health professionals in Canada that has a number of different modules that you can work through on your own. For example, what to do when you feel a panic attack coming on. Um, so that is really, really useful for people who either aren't quite ready to jump into a specific therapy um, or sometimes can't afford it as well as sometimes meeting up with a counselor can be quite expensive. Um, another great free option is a program called Bounce Back. Um, so that's something that your family doctor can connect you with or you can self-refer um, and they do a very structured program like cognitive behavioral therapy um, and it's covered by OHIP, it's done over the phone and um, so that's something that's pretty accessible during COVID as well. Um, and then there will always be cases where you know that might not be enough and then your family doctor can of course get you in touch with other counselors that might be needed, discuss medications if that is something that you're considering um, and help guide you through all of those pathways. Yeah, for sure. Those are all amazing resources, especially considering um, in the survey that we conducted, um, a lot of the feedback that we got um, regarding people who 
felt like they maybe needed mental health support but didn't seek it out is because they were saying it was too expensive. So I think those are some great free resources that you listed. Yeah, and so the, connecting with your family doctor is usually just helpful to kind of figure out what those resources are because it can be pretty overwhelming to try to navigate the healthcare system on your own. Um, so it's helpful to just have someone who can have some of those things at their fingertips for you. For sure. Can you say those two, the two names of those resources again quickly? I think you, you kind of cut out during one of them and I just want to have it clear for the recording. Yeah, so the first one I mentioned, uh, the online website is togetherall.com. Um, and then the second one is called Bounce Back Canada. So say someone were, someone, you know, in our age demographic, you know, does not have a lot of money, calls you, those would be kind of resources that you would recommend to them in your first conversation with them? Yeah, um, depending on how open they are to something like therapy, I usually always recommend Together All because it's something that people can do on their own time whenever they are feeling comfortable, like they might need something like that. Um, Bounce Back is more structured, so it's an appointment that you would make with the counselor every week. Um, But those are two of my first line options. There are lots of other things out there and there are other um, OHIP covered options as well, but that's usually my starting point for people. Thank you, Dr. Park. I think that advice is going to help out a lot of young people who may be struggling right now. I hope Dr. Park's advice was helpful to both our guests and anyone else out there listening. Please continue to stay safe, stay home, and follow the City of Toronto's safety measures like social distancing, wearing masks, and so forth. Thank you for joining us on Episode 3 of COVID Conversations. In the next episode, we'll discuss virtual learning and productivity during COVID-19. Make sure to subscribe to the Centennial College Podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify.